You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by. Uh, by President, stop moving that, 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 that uh, you know, uh, call. Well, that's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go end it. Joe Brandon, I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show. It's great to have you with us. Check out thebuffshow.com for past interviews, shows, much more. And also our great sponsors are on there too. support them because they support the show. And uh, we appreciate every single one of you. And we want to hear from you too. record a voice memo and send it to info at the We'll put your take on the air. It's a great thing. And also uh, sign up for our newsletter on the website. It's going to be great for you because there's a lot of awesome benefits in there and special clips from shows and things like that and i tell you what it's just amazing to wake up and every day something crazy happens today we wake up and we see that uh the planes all over america are down i mean anything mayor pete i know he didn't probably do anything i don't know maybe he did maybe he spilled something on a control panel or something maybe it was baby formula from his adopted kid kids who in oh god in 30 years they're going to be a real those two those kids are going to be a real pain in the ass to america in about 30 years just watch <laughs> so all the planes go down and this is right after we find out biden was hiding tax or uh, tax documents and also classified information in uh, a college office in pennsylvania when he was vice president in a in a room they called the think tank biden and think tank Joe Biden, think tank? Yeah, I think not. Here's it. I'll make it real simple. There's a lot of uh, punditry on this. I'll make it real simple. A vice president cannot store classified documents in an other in a, a unsecured location, right? Can't do it. Also, neither can a secretary of state, Hillary Clinton. You can't do it. And Biden didn't burn it and bleach bit it like Hillary did, but he still stored them when he was vice president and then took off for Ukraine the last week of his presidency. We know what was going on there, finalizing the corruption and the money laundering with his son, Hunter Biden, and the business dealings. All this needs to be investigated. So all this comes out, and everybody's talking about it. And then this morning, all the planes go down. They're not allowed to fly. There was a glitch in the system, they said. And I'm just going to give you a hypothetical because I've seen the mo- the show House of Cards. <laughs> it might not be true, of course, but it's fun to think about because in that show, what they did is if there was something bad on policy or some kind of bad PR hit coming to the president, what they do is create a disaster or a terrorist attack. In the show, they created a terrorist attack. Now, I know this is hyperbole, and this is just a show we're talking about. But what if Mayor, Mayor Pete said, I got you, Biden. I got you. What we'll do is distract from the files and the classified document problem that you have with shutting down the airlines. Wow. 
Convenient timing? Maybe. But on the Matt Buff Show, we explore all opportunities. And yes, like I said, this is just my opinion. It doesn't, there's no facts. It's not saying it's happened. But what if Mayor Pete Booty Judge said, we'll just shut down the plane so they can't run and everybody will cover it. Fox News bought it. Look, they bought it. They spent the whole morning talking about the planes. Nobody's talking about your documents and your classified information. Nobody's talking about that. Just maybe, just a theory. We'll call it that, a theory on the Matt Buff show. (laughs) Unbelievable. GOP votes to revoke IRS funding. White House said they'll fight back. Well, how are you going to pay $72 million, huh? If the house that carries the purse ain't going to pay for it, we got our first fight on the hands. Very good stuff. And Twitter... Um, who's been doing good things under Elon Musk. A lot of my conservative friends are back, but they permanently suspend OAN reporter for reporting on Representative Buddy Carter's Fair Tax Act, which will abolish the IRS. This is a crazy story. They suspended OAN reporter Daniel Baldwin this morning, and this was following a tweet covering, and just covering, Congressman Buddy Carter's Fair Tax Act. Now, this tax act will promote freedom, fairness, and economic opportunity by repealing the income tax, like we have in Florida, and other taxes, abolishing the Internal Revenue Service, and enacting a national sales tax to be administered primarily by the states, i.e. a fair tax. A lot of people have been pushing for this. So the reporter just tweeted out that Congress can abolish the IRS by passing this bill. And Buddy Carter said, yes, in all caps, dash, by passing the fair tax. So he said, that's all Buddy Carter said. Democrats and rhino lawmakers, as you know, you remember Lois Lerner, Lerner, right? They have weaponized the IRS against good, hardworking, and patriotic Americans. When they passed that Inflation Reduction Act, that was where they hired the 87,000 new IRS agents, all right? That's where that came from. How does IRS reduce inflation by auditing everybody and taking their money? Yeah, no, that's not how it's done. And on on uh, yesterday, the House... Uh, voted 2000 and, or sorry 221 to 10 to repeal funding for the 87,000 IRS agents. So this you know rep Bob Good had a comment about this. He says this transforms talking about this fair tax act. This transforms the US tax code from a mandatory progressive and convoluted system to a fully transparent and unbiased system which does away with the IRS as we know it. As you know on the Map Buff show, we want the alphabet groups to be gone. And I'm not talking about LGBTQ+ IA. I'm talking about FBI, CDC, DOJ, IRS. This is the first step to get rid of the IRS. And what they got to do is get the PR out there to all the people. And I'm talking about the Republicans with this bill and show the highlights. This is what I've been talking about on the show. One step is, is to pass legislation in the House 
that they may veto, but you get the text and the highlights out to the American people and say, this is what the Fair Tax Act is about, okay? This is what it entails, and this is how it's going to save you money and regulate the economy and help of the American people. This is what it does. Get the PR going on this, get it out there, and there goes Twitter once again doing the bidding of the Democrats. You're not allowed to say abolish the IRS on Twitter? Well, this video is streaming on Twitter, and I just said it. I think it's a good thing. These things have to go. They're weapons against conservative Americans. So in addition to eliminating all personal and corporate income tax, the death tax, gift taxes, and the payroll tax, the fair tax would also eliminate the need for the Internal Revenue Service. It will repeal the current tax code and replace it with a single national consumption tax that is pro-growth and allows Americans to keep every cent of their hard-earned money. Taxation is theft! Baldwin sent the following 100% accurate and source tweet this morning before leaving his house for work, and when he looked at Twitter again, he received a permanent suspension. Hopefully... Uh, hopefully this will get to the desk of Elon Musk. We need people to cover this. We need uh, Tucker. We need everyone, everyone everywhere to cover this as much as they can because it has got to be, his tweet, his Twitter's got to be reinstated. All he did is support a bill that's going to the House floor. Supporting a bill that goes to the House floor because some, there's still some stragglers at Twitter Right? There's still some tra- stragglers at Twitter that don't do the right thing. They want to hurt conservatives. They want to suppress free speech and they want to keep the IRS bountiful. They want the IRS to be a wonderful tool to target Americans and give more money for the government so they can blow it on social programs and Green New Deal crap. That's what they want. And speaking of Green De- New Deal crap, Governor Kathy Hochul, the uh, Alien, that is the governor of New York, who is an alien with a fake face. I wonder what's behind the mask. Behind the mask. She wants to ban gas stoves. And AOC, AOC, she claims that gas stoves give you brain damage. So that's what happened to her. There was the gas stove that explains your erratic behavior and nonsense. And she recently took to Twitter, right? You can go to Twitter and say, I want to ban gas stoves, but I don't want to abolish the IRS. She took to Twitter and said, to defund the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission's recent recommendation, she defended this recent recommendation on banning gas stoves due to them reportedly being a health hazard. Even though there's Jill Biden in a recent photo cooking something on a gas stove. I mean, once again, anytime the Democrats say something crazy like this you can find one of them using said item you can she tweeted did you know that ongoing exposure to no2 from gas stoves is linked to reductive cognitive performance is that her problem (laughs) her tweet came as a response to uh, trump's former white house physician rep ronnie jackson tweeting i'll never give up my gas stove if the maniacs in the white house come from my stove They can pry it from my cold, dead hands. Come and take it. (laughs) As a response to uh, AOC's comments, 
uh, Rep Representative Jackson tweeted back a picture of AOC using a gas stove. And the caption to his tweet said, AOC says gas stoves cause reductive, a reduced cognitive performance, yet she uses a gas stove? Is this a self-diagnosis? AOC, as a medical doctor, I can tell you this. What is wrong with your head is not caused by the stoves. <laughs> Good for Ronnie Jackson. Well done. This is the fight back conservative attitude that we need to have. You don't let these people come take your stuff. You don't let the government come take your stuff, like your elections and your gas stove. No freaking way. You stay with us. A lot more to come on the Map Up Show. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call low-cost airlines. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. Are you a public employee? Tired of paying union dues when inflation and gas prices are out of control? Opt out today and keep your money. Over 100,000 American workers already have, and you can too. Visit optouttoday.com to learn more. Yes, I see what's going on out there. Rising crime rates, 2,300 children go missing daily in the United States alone, criminals out, no cash, bail, and theft at an all-time high. The police, they do a great job, but they can't be everywhere at once. I don't live in fear, but I will not be an easy target either. And I believe that every second matters. I protect myself, my loved ones, and my property with Red Defender products. They carry the best brands of self-defense products like Blackhawk, Elite Edge, Taser, and many others. I feel better knowing I'm protected when I go off jogging or out with the girls. It's better to have a stun gun and not use it than to need a stun gun and not have it. My kids have full pin alarms on their backpacks. And we have home protection, chargers, and flashlights from Red Defender products. No great issues here. Do we go around living in fear? Absolutely not. Because we have taken steps to protect ourselves. We live with confidence. At reddefendersproducts.com, you can see bestsellers, free shipping options, and they serve all 50 states. As well as American Samoa, Washington, D.C., Guam, Marshall Islands, Northern Marina Islands, Puerto Rico, and U.S. Virgin Islands. You don't have to live in fear but you don't have to be an easy target either. Visit www.reddefenderproducts.com today. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. We want to hear from you. Send in your voice memos that you can record right there on your phone. It's in your utilities and send it to info at the buff show.com or tech, uh, or you can um, send an email too. just type it out and we'll read it on the show. Info at the buff show.com almost said text me, but there's a lot of people out there. I don't want my cell phone number. I'm sorry about that. But uh, some of the crazies out there that absolutely hate yours truly might do some damage with that. So just use the email info at the buff show.com and we'll get it on there. And uh, so and you might want to talk about this, too, because Biden went down to the border finally after, I don't know, 50 years in Congress and in the Senate. And, and now uh, he's sitting in the Oval Office. But after about 100 years of public service, he finally goes to the border. But they cleaned it up. You should. We played last week the before and after pictures on the show. It's just remarkable. It's what they do for dictators. They cleaned it up completely. And he goes down there and we're saying, OK, maybe there'll be some gumption coming out of this. Maybe. 
maybe something productive will come out of this. But no, we get uh, apps for illegals. They can go to the app and uh, put in their information. And we know it'll all be honest and true. <laughs> Clean their asylum there. We're going to jump into this, what came out of this, with a, a good organization, America First Legal. And he's the Deputy Director of Investigation. So he's the perfect guy to talk about this. John Zadrozny on the Matt Buff Show. John, great to have you. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, it's so it's so good to have you at this particular time because I know you guys have been talking and covering this. And uh, we just want to get your take on this because when they go down there and it's a border crisis and they come out with climate change and other nonsense, I mean, what did you expect from Trudeau and uh, Biden and the president of Mexico? Honestly, uh, Matt, you took the words out of my mouth a minute ago when you said this is what dictatorships do uh, in terms of the way Joe Biden approached the border. Uh, and yeah, no, I, I saw, well, we'll talk about the Mexico stuff first. When he went down to meet uh, Obrador and uh, Trudeau, uh, turns out they agreed on everything that wasn't important. Big shocker, right? Uh, yeah. And what I found really interesting, too, was that, uh, like you said, climate change. However, uh, someone texted me the other day and said they, they didn't really talk about immigration. I said, well, no, they did. They basically both agreed or all agreed to have a free-flowing open borders dynamic that's destroying the hemisphere. So that sounds like an agreement to me. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in terms of domestic, though, Joe Biden has never really cared about immigration uh, in the sense of enforcement the way we look at it. I mean, I, I find myself talking to a lot of people, Matt, maybe you do too. They say, gosh, they don't know what they're doing. They're doing a terrible job. I always come back at them and say, this is their policy. This is an engineered result. Like you couldn't, a stop clock is right twice a day. Like they couldn't have accidentally allowed this many people into the country. And the reality is, they want this. I mean, you That's know, right. it, it turns out, Matt, when you spend 50 years aborting Americans in the womb, you're short about 64 million voters. And eventually that has a demographic price for you. And so I think the Democrats over the last 50 years, while they like the profit and power that comes from killing babies, they realize it's hurt them on the voter front. So that's why they've been drooling after an amnesty for the better part of 35 years. And uh, this is the first step in that. They, You know, you open the floodgates, you, you advertise during a presidential campaign that you can come in. People were coming to the border with shirts that said, Biden, please let us in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, people forget that, or they're trying to make us forget that. And uh, right now, by their own numbers, Matt, uh, they've let in 4 million people over the first two fiscal years of the Joe Biden administration, 1.7 million in fiscal year 2021, 2.3 million in fiscal year 2022, which ended in September of last year. So it's more than that. And that doesn't include the people we don't know about. And Lord knows, if you talk to any state and local law enforcement, especially the guys in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, they will tell you that there are people who come in at night dressed in camouflage, carrying giant sacks with rifles, and no one knows where the heck they're going. So uh, I'd go so far as to say there are five to six million illegal aliens in the country as a result of Joe Biden's administration at this very moment. And that doesn't include who was here illegally before that. And we were talking about the 11 million for years. And you're talking about half of that came in just in the last two years. And this 30,000 number that I'm seeing about approved migrants, 30,000 a month or something like that, these numbers are going to get more astronomical and they're just no trying to normalize it. Yeah, no, Matt, you're right. I, you mentioned that 11 million number. I don't buy that number as far as I can throw my desk right now. I'm pretty sure that number was like a Chuck Schumer field focus group tested special where like, the numbers, <laughs> it's large enough that it gets people interested in quote unquote doing something, but not big enough to scare people. Um, but I'm sure that number is closer to 20 million. So when you add the six, five to six million on top of that 20 million, you're talking, you know, 
quarter of 100 million people. That's a lot of people. Um, and once you start talking about numbers that size, it really, for example, let, let's just say for the sake of argument, it's 33 million. It's probably not, but let's say it's 33 million. Now, our understanding is that we keep being told the U.S. population is 330 million. Well, that basically means that one in 10 people walking around in the United States would be an illegal alien. That's right. a giant number. That's the sort of thing that reverberates with people in a really strong way and really indicates the problem. Uh, and that what you mentioned about the 30,000. Yeah. So it figures that Joe Biden's first trip to the border in his entire life would be to announce an amnesty, basically. And uh, I heard a rumor we were trying to get the economy rolling. Uh, but when you start letting in people with uh, to the tune of 30,000 a month, in addition to what you've already done, in addition to the complete lack of enforcement that will continue, to let another 30,000 in on guest worker visas is essentially saying you intend to keep the U.S. economy in the doldrums forever. And that's what they want. I mean, they think these, these are future voters for the Democrat Party. We want to reshape the country anyway. We want to radically transform the country anyway. So who better to help us than people that come from socialist countries? Right, right. That's exactly <laughs> correct. I mean, you know, and th there's another thing we never talk about, Matt, that I think is worth it at some point, which is the United States. First of all, we have the most generous immigration policy in the world. I'm so sick of people saying we're racists, we're horrible. We don't care about that. That has never been anything that prevents you from coming to this country. You try becoming a citizen of Japan or uh, you know, Kenya or any other country in the world. It's gonna be really hard, um, but we're very welcoming. But what I also find really frustrating is that uh, you know, these people who are coming from communist countries, like let's just say Venezuela, um, I have personal sympathy for some of the people whose lives are difficult, but what we wind up doing with this false compassion is we wind up allowing these dictatorships to push out all the people who would be the next lead small d democratic leaders of those countries. You know, anyone who has the, the wherewithal and the impetus to get out of that country, to come to make the journey of thousands of miles, I can't say I wouldn't do it. You know, I know I'd be breaking the law, but I'd be willing to give it a shot. You're letting the people who would make a difference in 10, 15, 20 years just go away. You're giving dictators the safety valve they're looking for. And so, you know, I think that's something we have to consider in the future. We forgot about Nicaragua. It's been a, you know, an S-hole country for years. Oh, um, yeah. They're, they're pushing as many people as they can out of them to us also for the same exact reason. And, yeah, I'm sympathetic for people who are true asylum seekers, but the vast majority of them are not. They just want to make more money and they want, you know, no crime or something. Well, that's not a grounds for asylum. So we're basically helping these dictators out by doing that. Yeah, no, we are. And and they love it too cuz their best it's not their best and their brightest. It's it's a true help to them to get, actually remain powerful. That's what it is. And let's go back to something we talked about the very beginning when you when we talked about the dictatorship style uh, clean out there. Those before and after pictures were remarkable and you're talking about hours, not weeks, not they didn't clean that hour over a week. They cleaned that out a day before he got there. I mean, that's how soon it was. It was quite remarkable. Yeah, no, it is, Matt. And that's a great point. Um, they did that. And it's it's a reminder to me, like, not only um, how this administration is just completely deceptive to the American people, like it would have been it would have been interesting to have him just sort of say, look, it's really bad down here. Uh, you know, I understand that, but we're trying our best. We, we all know that would be untrue, but um, at least you could assess the situation. But to clear the streets and say there's no problem. Oh, and by the way, Matt, to do as many photo ops as he possibly could by that wall was borderline insulting, I thought. Um, but it's also, there's a positive side to this, Matt, um, which is that I can't tell you how many times having worked in immigration and homeland security for years, you hear people, uh, you know, mostly on the left, but sometimes the useful idiots on the right, they say, oh, we could never deport all these people. We could never do it. 
trust me, in, in light of the last four years, when the federal government wants to do something, it can do something. If we really wanted to deport people, we could deport people. We could remove millions of people. We could make it impossible to function in this country if you're here illegally. And many of them would go. And the ones that don't go, we could put on planes and say hasta la vista. And the reality is we could do it. It's funny, though, when they do these things, they don't realize that they're reminding us that it can be done. And so I want this to be a lesson for all the people who say this can't be done. It's impossible. It's a Herculean task. It's not. It can be done. One of the most ironic pictures of this year already is Joe Biden standing in front of the border wall saying that we have a problem here, but we don't know how to fix it. So he's standing in front of a wall that was fixing the problem, saying there's a problem that he created. And now they don't know how to fix it. Let's talk about climate change. I mean, that photo was worth, you ever hear the term, uh, that photo is worth a thousand words. I mean, that, that photo was worth a thousand words. He, he's hoping, Matt, that the people who see that photo don't know how much damage he and his cronies in the administration have caused. And I don't know if you caught this, but when he was in Mexico, uh, Mexican President Obrador thanked Joe Biden, thanked Joe Biden for not for quote, I believe this is the quote, not building one new meter of wall. On That's Gulf right. Coast. He said that. Yeah. Right. So like the the amazing I mean, we know that the left's the, the base of the left is full of idiots, which is why they keep voting for these people. They don't understand the damage they're doing to the republic or they don't care or they want it. But like there, there's got to be someone somewhere who said, wait, even on, like left of center saying, wait a second. He just took a photo op in front of the border wall to show people that he's in favor of border enforcement, which we know is false because of what we've seen. Then he flew, flew a thousand miles to Mexico City to talk to the Mexican president who thanked him for not building any new wall. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's disgusting. Man. I don't know what to do about it. Uh, uh, right now, we're in a situation where the states are going to have to step up. You know, help is not on the way from the federal level. Um, and uh, this, some of the states have done it. Some of the governors have taken some steps. Um, hopefully they'll keep doing so. The reality is um, what we saw this week was just a sham and a disgrace, and it puts Americans in continued danger. It certainly does. Um, Carrie Lake, she was going to declare an invasion. She's still working on that governorship, by the way. And uh, I, I, I know Abbott, he, he talks about declaring an invasion, and they put up some stuff. But to, unfortunately, it's a federal issue, and I'm glad one of the top priorities in the House I'm glad that one of their top priorities was to put together a real immigration plan. Maybe there could be some concessions. Maybe we could get something out of that. But the hard left is just so hard left on getting these people in here. Like you said at the beginning, John, it's not an accident. They want these people here. Mm -hmm. And Matt, what, what you said, you said something uh, I want to flag. Um, you know, gratefully, the House is dealing with it. They'll deal with the money side of it. But in, at the end of the day, when you only control a uh, part of Congress and you don't control the executive branch, there's very little you can do. They can they right. can withhold some money. They can do some things. They can impeach my August, which they should. Um, but states do have a very powerful role here. I think the okay. states over the years have sort of atrophied on this front. They've been told they don't have a role and they've started to like that because they don't have to worry about it. But the reality is that they do. States are sovereigns, Matt. Like they have independent constitutional obligations to protect not only their states, but their citizens. And uh, when the federal government is failing, states have that obligation to step up. Now, that doesn't mean that states can start pretending that they're the Department of Homeland Security and putting illegal aliens on planes and flying them around the world. That's not really something they can do, but they need to get creative. For example, uh, Governor Ducey, who I generally don't care for, but to his credit, did start stacking some of those containers on the wall before he left office, saying, look, if you guys aren't going to plug the gaps in the wall, we will. 
Um, I know Governor Abbott could probably step up a little more. There are many more things he could do if he was willing to be a little more creative. However, to his credit, he has done quite a bit more than most governors have already done or would. And, and for what it's worth, too, Matt, I think the assumption is that only the border governors have a role here. That's false. Uh, the Republican governors in the interior have a lot of power. For example, you want to stop illegal immigration in your state and you're in the Midwest, you're a Republican governor, start using your state police to round up illegal aliens and send them to Texas. And then Texas can basically just drop them at a port of entry and say, bye-bye. Now, they'll come back, but there's a cost there. And the reality is that the cartels have a cost. Those people, by the way, who are coming into the country, they didn't do so on their own. They just did so with the cartel's aid. They paid someone in a cartel thousands of dollars to ship them or their children, you know, who are then raped and abused along the way, all the way to the United States. Right now, if they're in Iowa or Minnesota or Nebraska, they're paying off a debt to a cartel. So if right. you start picking those people up and transporting them back to Texas, you're disrupting the cartel's money flow, you're destroying their business model, and you could have an impact in a way that's even more creative than what the federal government could do by sheer deportation. Well, we need some of these uh, states to really step it up big time, and we need to keep disrupting that because there's a good section of Arizona, John. Last word to you. Good section of Arizona, I think, is controlled by the cartel now. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I, well, Matt, I was there in uh, September, and I had the privilege of speaking with uh, Cochise County law enforcement and others in the area. The Border Patrol, the short version is the Border Patrol was nowhere to be seen. And when you talk to the state and local guys, they, you know, they say, look, see that mountain over there? Uh, that's on U.S. soil. It's got cartel operatives and lookouts there. They're running everything. They've actually occupied our soil. Um, and this is not even in the area. There's a giant reservation in Arizona called the Tohono O'odham Reservation. Um, it technically, depending on who you talk to, the reservation spans U.S. and Mexico territory, although Mexico doesn't recognize the tribe. But that's essentially like a Mack truck-sized loophole um, gap in the border because the cartels, I think, essentially control Tohono O'odham tribe or at least they control the land and have intimidated the tribe. So Arizona is essentially like an open freeway. And um, the state law enforcement, the local law enforcement, they're not happy about it. They're doing the best they can. You know, we basically have, we have cartels occupying US soil. We have a foreign organization, a foreign dangerous armed organization, basically a terrorist organization occupying US soil. And Joe Biden is whistling on his way to get his next ice cream cone. It's remarkable. Just unbelievable. How can people join the fight at America First Legal? Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, yeah, anyone who's interested in seeing what we're doing, we, we have uh, we have our hands on a lot of things. We're working on immigration, but also uh, some of this uh, woke nonsense in schools and uh, government's obsession uh, with CRT. And uh, we are we are doing um, uh, everything we can. So please come check us out at aflegal.org. That's aflegal.org. And hey, if you're a someone working in a company or you're working in the federal government or a state or local agency and you see something strange, reach out to us. We may be able to help. That's aflegal.org. That's good. Tell Stephen Miller we said hello. We're big fans of you, John, and Stephen. So you guys keep up the great work. Thanks, Matt. I'll pass it along. Thank you so much. You got it. Sounds good. We'll be back on the Map Up Show. You stay with us. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Call the number on your screen today. It's a free call. 
Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-663-7154. That's 877-663-7154. Again, 877-663-7154. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. And we still have problems in our school boards across the country. Yes, we do. There's still the DOJ working with them to persecute parents. And we have a disturbing story out of Colorado we're going to get to on our Moms for Liberty segment right here on the Matt Buff Show. With Moms for Liberty, because I agree completely with the mission statement, and I don't think there's anything more important than making sure our children get a good education. Everyone feels overwhelmed with what's going on in our country these days. It's too big, it's too much. As moms, we know the most effective way to have an impact on the future of our country is to start at home. It's to start with education. It's to start local. We launched Moms for Liberty because we saw parents that didn't have a voice in the education system. The real power of Moms for Liberty happens in your own backyard. It's about empowering parents, women and men, mothers and fathers to be the watchdogs of their district, to re-engage in their children's education. More and more of the American populace is waking up. And I think it's because of a lot of individuals who are in this room who have decided to get up and do something about what they believe because that's what's going to save us as a nation. We have a plan to turn this ship around. Join us. Okay, let's head over to El Paso, Colorado and talk to the chapter chair there. Darcy Shannick is on the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you, Darcy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, tell us how you got involved with Moms for Liberty. Well, um, I saw a need for Moms for Liberty in El Paso County last year, so I helped start a chapter out here. We are the El Paso County, Colorado chapter. We encompass about nine total school districts. There are some, some smaller school districts in there as well. Um, but Colorado is a state that was once red. It's now considered 
purple uh, turning bluer by the day. And we have just a lot of censorship and horrible policies running rampant in our school districts. So I felt like if I got Moms for Liberty in El Paso County, we could really push back against what's happening out here. What kind of response have you seen? Because I would consider Colorado a blue state at this point, just based on the last election. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen a massive response um, from people who want to join up with us and, and push back against what's happening in the schools um, because the legislator has turned so blue and the counties and municipalities are turning so blue that organizations such as Moms for Liberty are really our, our last stand out here. Um, interestingly enough, and I know you're about to kind of segue into this, uh, a lot of the pushback that we've seen has sadly come from conservatives, um, from some conservatives who are afraid of the fact that they're not adhering to the best policies for our students and they don't want that exposed. So we are just in, in this, as you said, basically blue state now, we are dealing with uh, pushback from, from everywhere. Well, we saw Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor of Arkansas, just this week banned CRT in the classrooms. It's done. She's following the direction of Governor Ron DeSantis. Not so in Colorado, not happening yet, because they still want to indoctrinate our kids to become little Marxists there. And that's something you guys are fighting against, too, just the teaching of that garbage in schools. Yes, yes. Um, the the amount of CRT and SEL being piped into Colorado schools right now is is just it's outlandish. Um, it's written into several House bills from last year. Um, it's it's running rampant. So parents are standing up against this. You guys are fighting the good fight, but a school board there is actively persecuting parents who are trying to speak and defend their rights. And even a mayor was wrongly accused and tr and trespassed for life from the school district. He's mayor of the town. Yes. So, and she is, uh, Glant Havener, she's the mayor of Palmer Lake. And she, she, or she was just elected mayor. And um, we went, she, she got a certified letter. So she went to the post office to pick it up and, as she described, she was really excited. She thought, you know, D49 was sending her a congratulatory letter on being elected mayor. And then she's in this little small town post office, opens up this letter and realizes she's now banned for life from D49. Um, the critical issue with her ban, now there were four people banned in the last month, but her ban, she's never been to a D49 meeting. She's never set foot at a D49 meeting. And in fact, she was leading her own city council meeting that night and the minutes reflect that. So it took several days of she and I, I just, Becky, I just left my position as, as a city councilwoman. So two elected officials arguing with this school district to get this issue corrected and it took days and days and days. To this day, we this was a month, month and a half ago now, we still do not have a public apology. She has no reassurance that if she goes to her son's wrestling meet, that she's not gonna be arrested and taken to jail. Um, and so 
obviously, you know, banning people from school board meetings is issue number one. But issue number two is you better be darn sure about who you're sending these letters to. Um, who else is receiving letters that perhaps has never been to a meeting? We just don't know. So we're gathering all of that info now and we've got some um, legal funds mounting and we're going to go full force on this because, good, I good. mean, this is wrong. We have a 78-year-old 70 lady who was banned from D49 and I've got the letter right here in front of me. The way that this, I mean, this is, like you just said, this is like the... Um, this stuff going on at the national level and and to have a conservative school board participating in this is i mean they're suppressing the parents right of free speech the majority of the school board is conservative every single one of the school board members is conservative but they're allowing this to happen this is the first i've heard of this darcy on uh, on our moms for liberty segments where they're targeting people that haven't even shown up to a meeting or shown up to a protest, they're targeting people they don't like. They're just targeting dissenters, yeah. So how can they call themselves conservatives if they're doing this? Are they still allowing all the stuff in the school and all the pornograph uh, pornography in the library? They're, they're fine with that? And how can they call themselves conservatives then? Right. And that's my whole point. I mean, we stand for, we stand for free speech. We stand for the right of parents to be heard. And suppressing that is just the definition of, of anti-conservative. And, you know, they may think that right now, okay, well, it's okay to target dissenters. They are, they, it seems to me that they're targeting people who have voice concerns in um, the forum that this board would consider to be, you know, far, far right. That, that's how they've kind of labeled some of these people. Um, and they're trying to just squash that. And it doesn't, it's, it's not going in a good direction because the more and more policies that they enact, um, I'm looking at a policy here right now that they, they enacted a couple months ago. Um, the board president decides who can speak, what they can speak about, in which order the speakers are presented. And after 30 minutes, that's it. So I'm sure that and you know anybody can see an issue with that. And like I told the school board president, if he if he were to be hit by a bus tomorrow, and God forbid we get a liberal president in there, then how do these policies vote for us? Then what happens? Not good. It sounds like I know China's been buying up farmland. It sounds like they bought up a piece of land where that school district sits. <laughs> bought a piece of land in D49. So. <laughs> The letter that was sent by D49, um, and I'll, I'll send you over a copy, it is just beyond disturbing. You're prohibited from visiting all D49 schools or any part of another school facility or grounds. You're prohibited from visiting all D49 activities, regardless of the location and the time of day. So, I mean, this is not, this, this, this takes it a step from you can't come to school board meetings. It's your ban from your children's sports activities, you're banned from their plays, you're banned from everything. So Mayor Grant has kids in the school district? Grant has a child in D38, which is a neighboring district. And right now she, and he plays every sport under the sun. So she's just really uneasy about, should, should I go to his meets? She did not attend his recent wrestling meet at D49 because she still felt like 
you know, if I get arrested, then the onus is on me to prove that I'm here rightfully. And I'm not, I'm not exactly comfortable with that right now. That's a tougher penalty than the school board would put on a child molester. Right. You're exact. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, um, and over the last couple of days, I've received messages from other board members about why their policy is correct. You know, uh, one of them, she said, Darcy, you don't know what it's like to have these people yelling at you. Yes, I do. I've been on city council. That's part of being an elected official. You have to take that criticism. You were elected by these people and you have to stand there and be accountable to them. Yes, you do, especially if you're putting out policies that are going to make a lot of people mad. And if you're putting in rules in place, like the speaker can dictate who says what and what is being said, that's communism. So, of course, there's going to be pushback to that. That's right. fascism. Of course, there's going to be pushback. So I've heard you know, from some stakeholders and some politicos over the last couple of days that um, D49 is a little bit worried. The The school board president, John Graham, feels like conservatives are ganging up on him. Right-wing people are ganging, ganging up on him. Well, let those people be heard. At least hear what they have to say. Listen to the stakeholders. And you won't be in this crazy position where you have to ban more and more people and enact more and more policies and send more and more letters. As you said, he's just taking us straight to China. Yes, it is. And I know they're buying farmland, but I didn't know they bought school districts too. Let me ask you this. Can you keep us up to date with this case? What are you guys planning to do with Moms for Liberty in conjunction with the mayor? What are you guys planning to do about this? Well, um, she, uh, Truth and Liberty Coalition, which is a, a big legal organization out here, they have offered the funds to go ahead and take this to litigation. Um, and obviously... I, this isn't even a, we're not we're not going to sue for any money this could just be we're going to sue you for a dollar to make the point that everybody in a public forum has the right to not only be there but to be able to speak and so we've gathered the other people that have received letters and we're creating a lawsuit uh for everybody so anybody that's been banned or um has been prohibited from speaking we are all, they're all entering together into that lawsuit. And then Moms for Liberty National, um, Pat mentioned that she might be able to get us some additional legal help so that we can have even more funds available because this, I mean, this is just so important. This is, I mean, censorship from a conservative school board. We've, we've got to fight this. And as Blant said, and this is what, what I've said from day one, she's a sitting mayor. This, uh, you know, it took us two elected officials to make any headway with this, and we made very little. So where does that leave the, the average single mom? Where does that leave the family that doesn't have legal resources at their fingertips like Glant and I have? This is not about Glant. This is not about anyone in particular. This is about doing the right thing and standing up for those people that just want to be heard and they've been prevented from doing so. So we're not gonna let this go. Um, the next D49 meeting is Thursday. We have several people showing up to call these board members out. And um, there's 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 gonna be no, no negotiations on this. These policies need to be dropped or we're gonna go into the next election looking for 
replacements for these board members and continuing our lawsuits and our media blitz. No, that is a good plan. And I'm glad you made it more like a class action to where if everybody affected, we don't want money. We just want reinstatement. I mean, we've heard of the DOJ going after people because they said they were being too loud, but now going after people that weren't even there or not even showing up for this and somebody who's a duly elected official not acceptable. Darcy, you got to keep us up to date on this, okay? I will. Thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to get this story out there. Oh, we will. And send those documents. We're going to post those too on the Moms for Liberty page on the Matt Buff Show. And then also everybody check out momsforliberty.org. Darcy, everybody can get involved with you in your county and everywhere else too, right? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, contact me, uh, go to our website, El Paso County Moms for Liberty. Um, You've got my contact info. Feel free to get it out. Um, you know, this we're we are we're in a bad spot, but we're not in the worst spot that there is. You know, we're pushing back. As you've seen, we've flipped school boards. We've changed this thing across the country. Um, that the tide is turning. So I'm willing to help anybody that is in this situation, and it's it's an all hands on deck approach. It is all hands on deck, and that's why we do this segment every week because a lot of mainstream media and a lot of other outlets won't even touch it. They just think the school boards are beneath them, but that affects their kids. It's beneath them, but it affects their kids that go to school. (laughs) Unreal. Keep up the good fight, Darcy. We'll be talking to you soon as this lawsuit moves forward. Thank you, Matt. All right. God bless you. All right. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. You guys make sure. Check out momsforliberty.org and then thebuffshow.com slash momsforliberty. All the materials there. And you guys need to get involved. This is about our kids. You got a limited time to help help their future. All right. I mean, a small window to make sure they're on the right path. Don't let these school board decisions destroy their future, too. We'll be back. You stay with us. Hey, Matt Buff from The Buff Show. I love being in the middle of nowhere with the family. Problem is, I can't get any service out here. I wish there was a better solution. Maybe like a satellite phone or something. Let me head back to the office and check this out. All right, let's check this out. Satellitephonestore.com. Oh, look at this. Very cool. Do I need a satellite phone? Well, it says satellite phones provide voice, SMS, and data services anywhere on the earth. You don't have to rely on cell phone networks. Very cool. Satellite phones work everywhere when you're outside. All right, what's this? Why do I need a satellite terminal? With one of these devices, you can stay in communication without a dedicated satellite phone. Better yet, you can text, call, and depending on the device, use all your favorite smartphone apps too. Hey, what's this bivy stick? The new Bivy Stick is the smallest and simplest to use radium global satellite communications and tracking device in the world. Wow, the smallest and most simple satellite communication device weighs just 100 grams. About half the weight of your cell phone. Look at this, one to three days delivery. Very cool. Call 941-841-0844. I will do that. 941-841-0844. Visit SatellitePhoneStore.com for special offer or you can visit sat1234.com and mention the buff show 941-841-0844 it's time to convert and sell more with the best tools made for small medium and large businesses to grow online with jjc marketing solutions you can grow with do-it-yourself easy website and funnel builder 
or they will build it for you. More options at your fingertips with JJC Marketing Solutions. Not only do you get the best state-of-the-art website, but also comprehensive sales funnels, CRM tools, and powerful search engine optimization. No matter where you are, they can help you grow your business with affordable online marketing solutions. Get weekly reports, dashboard access, and full transparency to see how your keywords are growing. Start building your online presence today. JJCMarketingSolutions.com. That's JJCMarketingSolutions.com. Are you a public employee? Tired of paying union dues when inflation and gas prices are out of control? Opt out today and keep your money. Over 100,000 American workers already have, and you can too. Visit OptOutToday.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. It is Freedom Foundation on the Matt Buff Show, and they're a great sponsor of the show, and they've been doing great work out there. And we've got some breaking news to get in with the litigation council over there. So stay, stand by. It's going to be exciting. Living is skyrocketing, and paychecks just can't keep up. But if you're lucky enough to be a public employee, you can give yourself a raise. Visit optouttoday.com and stop paying union dues. We've helped over 100,000 public employees just like you opt out and save an average of $1,000 per year. Opt out today and put more food, fuel, and fun back into your life. It's your money. You earned it. Visit optouttoday.com. Yes, definitely check out optouttoday.com. The cost of eggs alone are through the roof. Eggs are like five bucks a carton now. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So make sure you get a hold of Freedom Foundation. If you're in a public sector union, they can help you get out and support causes you actually want to instead of your money going to causes you don't like and put more money back into your pocket. Let's go over to Freedom Foundation Legal Counsel Timothy Snowball on the Matt Buff Show sporting the Star Wars shirt. And I think that might have been a Star Wars mug, but it's great to see you. It is. Yes, always a pleasure, Matt. Retro. Yes. Thank you Lord. for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it's always great to talk to you and we're going to be jumping into some star wars stuff too but we got some really good breaking news from the freedom foundation the legal team has been working very hard and there's a couple things that are going to hit the docket for the supreme court on january 20th my birthday yeah yeah you know what i i'll always i'll always tell people you know I love working at the foundation. Um, we have, you know, allies across the country. We're not the only shop that does this kind of work, but what, I, what I'll tell people is uh, I think we are the only shop that is on this much on the cutting edge. So let me work my way up. I'll, I'll percolate up through the court system. We have a case uh, coming up at the ninth circuit court of appeals here on the West coast. So that's maybe a third of the country. When you look at the map of the geography of what the ninth circuit covers, it's this huge chunk of the United States. So this is a case on appeal to the Ninth Circuit right now uh, on behalf of a guy named Glenn Laird. Glenn Laird, up until last spring, was a teacher in the Los Angeles area. He's a high school teacher. And this is a union guy. He was a member of the union for his entire career, something like 40 years. And he, he was out there on the picket line. He even served as an officer, I think, at one point uh, in his local union for the school. And, you know, 
finds out in the you know 2020 that they're taking his money and spending it on a campaign to defund the police. Now he Glenn works in LA. And so this high school in LA, you can imagine it's it can be kind of a rough crowd. So he had personally witnessed students shot, you know, stabbed, like act literal blood on the floor of his classroom. My goodness. And, and the reason that he felt that you know students and teachers' lives had been saved in those situations is because there was a campus police. I mean, even when I was in high school 20 years ago, you know, there was a cop. There was always a cop around in case something happened. And so they're taking his money and they're spending it this way. He turns around and says, hey, you know, look, you guys sent me a card last year to sign trying to restrict me. And what Glenn did is he took a Sharpie marker and crossed out <laughs> the part of it that said, you're not going to let me out. He crossed wow. that out, signed it and sent it back to them. And the union went, okay, and filed it. And so that was his card. And so he had no restriction on his ability to leave the union at any time. And so he tells the guys, hey, look, look, you're spending this money this way. Defund the police. I don't like that. Stop taking my money. And unfortunately, as you know, you and I have spoken about before, they kept him in. And so um, that case is on appeal right now to the to the Ninth Circuit. And so for those who don't you know, follow the judicial system as closely as nerds like I do, that's right in the middle. Uh, in between the trial court and the Supreme Court. And so we're hoping to get a victory for Glenn uh, at the Ninth Circuit. But if we don't, as you mentioned, you know, the foundation pretty regularly files cases at the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay, very good. And then we also have an L.A. teacher. Yeah, that, that's the Ninth Circuit one. Yeah. That was an L.A. teacher, right? Yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, and, and the, the union out there is UTLA, one of the yeah. most powerful teachers unions in the country. And... You know, they act like it's make or break taking Glenn's, you know, 40 bucks a paycheck. I mean, I don't care if it's a penny a paycheck, but, yeah. you know, it, it, there are times where it's not even the doing the correct legal thing with a lot of these unions, I, you know, because I'm a lawyer, so I'm arguing the legal point. But there are times where I go, you know, the least you guys could do, even if the law wasn't on our side, is just do the moral thing. Right. <laughs> and if someone who has been paying you for 40 years um, says, you know, hey, I really don't appreciate what you guys are doing with my money. Let me out. It seems like that that would be something they could do, and they just refuse and and turn it into a federal lawsuit. I'm not sure why this is even. I mean, needs to go to the Supreme Court. You're talking about forgery. Forgery is a crime. Yeah, no, I mean, well, look, Glenn Glenn signed his card, right? So they didn't. He didn't forge his. No one forged his signature. I mean, and that's 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 what it really gets into here. Is these unions are willing to do anything they can to keep people locked in. And what I'll always tell people is I'm not individually anti-union. If people want to be part of a union and the union's playing by the rules and actually telling people the way it is and actually playing straight with them, that's one thing. You can belong to whatever voluntary association in the United States that you want to, but it has to be a voluntary association. And so with the unions either not letting Glenn out when his card says he can get out, or like these cases that you mentioned that we have on appeal to the Supreme Court, uh, three of those cases deal with, as you mentioned, forgeries. And this is right. a situation where they didn't even sign anything. So uh, the, the foundation does have four cases uh, this term on appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, as a little bit of background, um, in our judicial system, if you file a case at a trial court and lose, you automatically can appeal it. You, you get an appeal automatically as of right. If you lose, you can appeal that decision. The U.S. Supreme Court review is entirely discretionary. So this is literally... Those nine folks that you you know you hear about on the news or whatever, they go into a conference room and sit there and look at these applications and decide what cases do we think are worth granting and what cases aren't worth granting. 
And so it's always an uphill battle and tough to get one of these cases granted. But the thing of it is, you get one granted, and we've got four pending right now. And you can change, you know, not only the law across the entire country, but it, it's kind of like making an Amer American history uh, in, a, in a positive direction. So um, three of those cases have to do with forgeries where the people didn't even sign their cards and they're, they're just continuing to take their money. I mean, that'd be like imagining, imagine, uh, you know, the analogy I'll use is getting a new job. Imagine you get a new job where, you know, whether you're a broadcaster or a lawyer or whatever, and they hand you your package of stuff, onboarding material. And uh, there's a union card in there, and you specifically don't sign it. And then <laughs> the, right. union just, the union just takes a pen and go and signs it for you and starts taking your money and sending it to the reelect, you know, Democrat group or whoever else, someone that you don't support. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's absolutely outrageous. Um, so we've got those four cases pending. The one that we're, we're probably most excited about, I would say, is this Kirk case. Uh, in okay. the Kirk case, Christine Kirk was an employee, you know, in a union out here in California. And the thing that makes her case unique is they didn't allow her out of her membership. A lot of times what will happen with these unions is even if they think they have a card that says they can keep taking someone's money and spending it, a lot of times the first thing they'll do is just let them right out of the union. And uh, with Christine Kirk, they kept her in the union, which raises not only speech issues with the money, right. but free association issues. And the court in that case is actually called for a response from the other side. So you can just wave and say, if you're the other side, I don't want to respond. And all it takes is one justice to call for a response and say, no, we, I, I want to hear what you have to say. And so that's what's happened in the, in the Kirk case. So we're all gearing up, getting our suits out, hopefully getting ready to go to DC. Uh, and, and argue next, before the Supreme court, argue for the Supreme court. I just want to sit at council's table, Matt, you know what I mean? It, it'll oh, probably yeah. be It'll probably most likely be my colleague, Shella, who's lead counsel in that Kirk case. And I'm happy to ha help her prep as long as I get to sit there at the, at the, at the big boys table and uh, <laughs> just don't wear the, you just don't wear the Star Wars short shirt. No, 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 board. no, yeah, certainly not. I'll have it underneath so that when we do the pictures <laughs> on the steps, you know, the fancy pictures that we do for the press, then I'll you can Superman it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have my, we'll have our, we can all have our lightsabers then. <laughs> Well, good luck in that case. We want to get you or Shella back on yeah. after this is uh, litigated. Um, like I said, it's on my birthday. January 20th is hey. when it's on the docket. So not hey. bad. Hey, it's uh, well, best of luck. I mean, to all of us again, I mean, th this kind of work doing public interest work, but especially in this area is, is pretty rewarding. And, you know, we're it always out. History. We're, yeah, we're always out to try to win. I mean, we're trying to win for these clients all the way up. And it's not like we're planning to, to appeal these things, but, you know, the benefit of actually appealing it up is not only can we get victory for Christine Kirk, but like you said, I mean, it's a chance to perhaps help public workers across the United States. Well, this case, if one will help her, but also it'll be precedence for everyone else. And that's what makes America great is the endless appeal system. So you can... <laughs> <laughs> That's from the movie. Thank you for smoking. His his son asked, "Dad, what makes America great? Our endless appeal system." Well, no, I mean, no, it's it's and it's interesting because I mean, we have statutes here in the United States that are civil rights statutes that allow us to bring these kinds of cases that actually don't exist in other countries. I remember having a conversation with a friend from Australia where I said, "You know, what happens if you know there's a civil rights violation in Australia? Can you bring like this kind of case?" And he goes, "No, these statutes don't exist." Right. And so, Part of what makes this you know, country, you know, pretty amazing is 
not only do we have these what are called parchment guarantees, that's what the founders would call them, parchment guarantees, having something written on a piece of paper saying you have a right for this, but we are actually in a position when a regular citizen, an average citizen gets kind of jerked around, we can actually take the government and anybody who else is complicit to court. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So um, let's finish. We got a couple minutes left here. We always talk Star Wars with Timothy <laughs> Snowball on the Matt Buff Show when he joins us. And he's been burned by Disney when they took over the franchise. Not happy. I'm going to bring in my son, who's a Star Wars expert. I'm like pa Rick from Pawn Stars. Bring in an expert, right? <laughs> because Andor is making waves. And the reason it is, come on in, and you'll sit here and I'll move over here. There we go. The reason Andor is making waves, Tim is because Rogue One was such a fantastic movie. <laughs> I hear, I and look, I hear Andor's fantastic. I mean, I think it's, and I'll admit, I haven't seen a single episode. The Obi-Wan Kenobi show just was like a stake through my my metaphorical Star Wars heart. I mean, it was so horrible. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi had been my favorite character since I was six years old. And so they just kind of bungled that so badly that I haven't watched Andor yet even though I've seen reports that this is like the best thing Disney has done since Rogue One. And so I don't know if you guys have watched it yet, but I, I, it's, it's like I want to want to watch it, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Not after the other stuff that, he, that you've seen. So, uh, Cooper, give us an analysis. How many episodes have you seen of Andor? Um, four. Okay. And how many is total? Um, Twelve. Okay, from... From the first four episodes, I'll ask you a question, then Tim will ask you a question. Is it more true to the story of Rogue One? Is it a good Star Wars story? What What have you seen that makes it, well, do you like it at all? Yes. Okay, yes. so what do you like about it? Um, it doesn't, it mainly just focuses on Andor, like just the story behind him and all of that. And the third episode is really good because mm. it just felt this awesome it just felt like a finale, and you still know there's more. So it actually grabs you into the show. Yeah, here it's a little dark. It's a little darker, a little bit more adult. You know, which I which I like. No, no uh, cartoon character type stuff. Um, let me ask you this, Cooper: Does it detract from you at all uh, knowing that the character is actually dead? <laughs> we, we actually know what happens to him. Yeah. Like, from the excitement at all? Because I that, that's one thing I'm thinking before I watch it is we kind of know what, what the end of this guy's journey is going to be. So these tense moments, I kind of, you know, you know, he's not going to, nothing's going <laughs> to, nothing's going to happen, but. Yeah. That, that does it. When you watch it, you don't actually think of that. You just actually wonder what's going to happen next. The dorks like me do think of that. See, that's my problem. <laughs> I, can't shut, I can't shut my brain off enough to enjoy this fiction. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's sitting there on the beach and you know, the storm's coming and you know, it's over. So these harrowing situations that he's in, in the show, you know, he lives, right. but well, one, one thing I'll say is that, you know, from what I hear, it delves a little bit into the background of the rebel Alliance and, and all that stuff. So I, I am interested in it. So I'll tell you what I'll do, Matt. I'm going to, I'm going to at least dabble. I'll dabble a little bit and, and put in a couple of episodes and, and see what I think. And then the next time we talk, maybe we can we can circle back. You do the same. If you haven't seen it yet, why don't we? Why don't we? If you can bring yourself, I'm gonna have to drag if I myself. Can. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a shot because I did. I was a fan of Rogue One, and I liked the character. So that's a helpful start, right? To it, <laughs> it's certainly it. better. It's certainly better than Obi Wan Kenobi running away. You know, when he sees Darth Vader or whatever. So it's. Uh... 
That's right. <laughs> Last question to you, Oops. Um, is it better than Bubba Fett and Obi-Wan? Um, I think the last two episodes of Obi-Wan are better so far, but um, it's better than Book of Boba Fett. The storyline is better. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for stopping by, Cooper, This our little Star Wars expert that lives here at home. So That's very it. nice. From the mouth of babes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, Tim, it's you're doing great work. I know you got a lot of prep work to go, but it's always great having you on the show. And after this case gets heard, please come back on and let us know what the next process is. For you, if we get up there, Matt, I'll tell you, for you, I'm going to get wear my Star Wars shirt or whatever, and I'll pull it open like, uh, you know, Clark Kent or something on the steps of the Supreme Court so you can see it. As we got to get it. video of that, okay? <laughs> we got to get video An exclusive, of that. Matt Buff exclusive. Yes. They won't, exclusive. Put it, they won't put it on our website, so. <laughs> <laughs> they won't, know. <laughs> so we'll put it on. That'll be awesome. Well, good luck, and uh, let's get this done because it'll help so many people around the country. Thanks, Appreciate Tim. It. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. That will do it for this episode of the Matt Buff Show. Say, see you later. See you later. God bless you. Stay smart out there.